Good morning, good morning, good morning. We welcome you here to the Ronald-Salem Missionary Baptist Church, where our motto is the end of your search for a friendly church. Ronald-Salem is located just outside of the uh, beautiful town of Garrysburg, located in beautiful Northampton County, North Carolina. Geographically, we're right up on the North Carolina-Virginia border. Interstate 95 runs right through our county, so if you're ever in our neck of the woods, we ask you to, you know, please make sure you take some time and explore the beauty of Northampton County. This is the fourth Sunday in December, y'all. The last month in 2020, the last Sunday in 2020. So in spite of everything that we've been through, we can still give the Lord Jesus a hallelujah praise on this morning. <laughs> hallelujah, Lord Jesus, because he's allowed us. He's allowed us to make it to this point in time. The mission here at Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church, go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world want to welcome those who are watching uh, by way of Facebook and those who may be listening in on our call-in number on this morning, not only in our immediate uh, Northampton, Halifax County area, Roanoke Valley, but those who are across the state and those who may be out of state. We are so grateful to the Lord that you chose to um, spend this time on Sunday morning in worship service with us. The absence of people in the pews does not mean that God's presence is not here. And I have to remind some of my brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus didn't preach all of his sermons inside of the temple. He was up on the mountain sometimes, and sometimes he was out on the water in a boat on the lake. But wherever the presence of Jesus Christ is, then we're in the right place. Uh, before I go any further, I still want to always make time, make sure I thank uh, Derek Buffalo and April Allen and Miss Jasmine Smith, my doll baby, for making sure that we're able to be with you on Sunday mornings like this. Thank you to Deacon Woodrow Hardy, Sonny Hardy, for being here with us. And certainly to our wonderful, wonderful musicians, uh, Brother Steve and uh, Brother Ricky and, and Brother um, Marvin and Brother Elijah. We wanna thank God for the four of them always being so dedicated and serving the Lord by ministering through music. And with that said, now I'm gonna ask that our musicians give us an opening selection and we'll continue on with service. Will transition none on earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal, things eternal. Hope to God's unchanging hand. Trust in Him. Who will not leave you? Whatsoever years may 
unchanging hand. I thank God for these four musicians. I think they are the best church house band in all the land. Yours may be just as good, but they cannot be any better. So I thank God for these four young men. Uh, just by way of announcements, very briefly this morning, just have a couple of things uh, want to share. Want to, first of all, um, share with the church family that we lost a member this past week in the person of Sister Josephine German, of course, now this is specific to those uh, from Roanoke-Salem and those who are in the Roanoke Valley who would, may possibly know Sister German. Uh, we lost her this past week, and her homegoing service uh, is scheduled for this Wednesday coming uh, here at the church out in the graveyard uh, at 2.30 in the afternoon. So uh, please be praying for her daughter, Jamie, and um, her and Jamie's family, her husband and Jamie's son, and, and her brothers and sisters. Um, she has still has living siblings in our area, so please pray for them as well. But uh, we, we will celebrate the homegoing of uh, Sister Josephine German, if the Lord says so, this Wednesday at 2.30 
uh, during a graveside service here at Roanoke-Salem. Uh, the other thing I just want to say very briefly again to all the Roanoke-Salem Church family uh, and friends in the areas, uh, thank you so much for your wonderful giving all through this calendar year of 2020. You have just blessed and pleased the Lord tremendously with your um, with your dedication to giving. And I'm kind of, I use that to kind of transition into the tithe as, uh, in, in terms of offering as well. Uh, please, this week, you can mail your tithes uh, here to the church, P.O. Bo box, P.O. box, drawer, P.O. drawer Z, um, Garrysburg, North Carolina. And then certainly those, some of you may come by the church. By the way, the church office will be open on Monday and Wednesday this week, not on Friday, because, of course, Friday is New Year's Day. But Monday, Wednesday, you can come by and drop off your offering. And, of course, those who will, uh, you can go to our rsmbc.com, uh, our Roanoke Salem homepage. And uh, when you go to the homepage, the, fr the first front-facing page at the top, you'll see a tab that says Giving. You can, collect, you can click on or select that tab that says Giving, and then you will be instructed as to how to uh, give your tithes or offerings uh, online if that's what you choose to do. And many of you do give that way, so we want to thank you. La lastly, though, and before we move on uh, to the morning prayers, I just want to, on behalf of uh, my family and myself, thank our church family and, and many other people in the area for all your wonderful, wonderful, uh, your, your, your prayers and uh, your, your gifts that you've shared with us during this holiday season. Some of you all, uh, many of you all, have just been so good to us. And uh, Julia and I cannot thank you enough. We cannot thank you enough on behalf of our daughter, Lauren, as well. Uh, we love you all in the love of Christ. We're so grateful to the Lord that so many of you uh, uh, love us and we love you. And, and we're just going to continue to pray for you. And as, and as a family and as a church family, be as available as we can be and our willingness to help you uh, continue to help people as much as we can, both as a family, the Horsleys, but also as the Roanoke Salem Church family. That is our mission to do all we can to help people in the name of Jesus. And we're gonna continue to do that uh, on through the rest of this calendar year and if the Lord allows into calendar year 2020. But again, I just want to thank this church family and those uh, from other places and other churches and in the community that we know who have blessed us. So especially for your prayers uh, this past year, uh, as I have um, come through and gotten on the other side of having cancer in my body and having cancer through the grace of the Lord removed from my body. And I'm trusting and believing the Lord that I am now not a cancer survivor, but a cancer thriver. Uh, I'm thriving beyond having cancer removed from my body. And I pray that prayer, and I hope you take the same attitude, too. If you have it now, if you've had it in the past, you're not just a survivor, you know, but with the grace and the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are a thriver because you're going to continue. He's going to bless you to continue to do great things uh, beyond even your expectations uh, now on the other side of having dealt with that issue. So whatever it may be, whatever the particular uh, illness or sickness may be, give, give it to the Lord in prayer and trust him at his word. Trust him at his word that he can heal. He can do it supernaturally or he can do it through medical science because that belongs to him. All medical science comes from the Lord. 
But whatever way he chooses to do it, you just stand firm in knowing that God can and God will and God wants to heal you. Amen. Amen. To God be all the glory. Let us now um, go into morning prayer and we'll transition right into um, the sermonic selection and then the word on this Sunday morning. Our Father and our God, as we stand humbly before you this last Sunday in the year 2020, we are grateful, first of all, Lord, that you love mankind so much. Lord, all year long, you look past all of our faults, all of our shortcomings. Lord, I might as well tell the truth. You look past our sin and you see our need to be forgiven. You see our need to be blessed. You see our need for your grace and your mercy, for your provision and your protection. You see our need to have justice in our world. Lord God, you see our need to have you there to pick us up when we stumble and fall. And you make yourself available to everybody who's willing to allow you to come in and to help us in our daily lives. You have no prejudice or bias against anyone. Some of us have prejudice and bias and hatred towards you, but you don't feel that way about us because you made us in your image. We are your most precious creation of everything that you created. And Lord, on this Sunday morning, I want to say I love you, and I, I believe I can say for the folks in this, this sanctuary and people all around the world that we love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you. We lift up holy hands and say hallelujah to your name because, Lord, we know beyond any doubt, had you not been on our side, in, especially in this year, Lord God, we wouldn't have made it. And Lord, for those who lost family and friends in 2020, we pray right now and ask you to comfort them in a special way as only you can do. Not only heal their broken hearts, but Lord, restore joy to their lives in the days to come. Now, Lord, we just again just ask that you continue to bless all those people who have jobs and assignments that they go into the world daily and they do what they can to help and protect others. First responders and people working in nursing homes and those who make sure packages and food and water get all across the country and around the world, those who work in stores. Lord, the economy is down, but it's not out. And even now, you have a supernatural way of taking the worst situation and transforming it, turning it around into a great situation. And we're believing you for that. We're trusting and depending solely on you, Lord. Lord, regardless of who's in the White House, and we know it after January the 20th, I guess it is, that it's supposed to be Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and whoever they bring into their administration. Lord, God bless them, but we don't trust in them. We trust in you. As I preached, as you directed me to preach earlier this year, it's not the, the elephant or the donkey that we should have our faith in. It's always you, Jesus, the Lamb of God. So, Lord, we thank you now this morning and 
just continue to be with us and bless us. And Lord, most importantly, put us in position to be a blessing to others with all the uh, physical health and strength and mental clarity and the resources you put in our hands. Help us to bless others that you'll be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. about I can love them anyway because it's, it's down on the inside way down on the inside somebody asked me a few days ago how can you shake folks hands and you know they don't like it you know what I told them the reason I do it because it's in my heart I got a mansion over there I got a crown over there. I got to love my neighbors. 
my heart. I gotta love my friends. It's in my heart. The reason I do it. It's in my heart. The reason I do it. It's in my heart. The reason I do it. It's in my heart. Way down on the inside. It's in my heart. It's way down on the inside. It's in my heart. Said it's in my heart. It's in my heart. In my heart. Oh, I'll be serving. I'll be serving the God be all the glory. All of us have a duty to serve the Lord. We don't all serve the Lord the same way. He has specific assignments for each of us, but the first thing is you got to be willing. And if you're willing, then God can use you and he will use you tremendously. Uh, he'll use you exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask and think of him to use, be used by him to glorify himself and to be a blessing to others. It's preaching time, so I want to go to the Lord in prayer now and ask for his help. Father, I know that uh, it's nothing I can say or do without your help, so I ask you now, Lord, to uh, give me your preaching power. I thank you for this opportunity to stand in your house of worship, and I certainly pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll help me uh, share this message with clarity and conviction. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in the sight of Jehovah God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because you are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. On this last Sunday morning in the month of December in the year of 2020, uh, I want us to turn, if we will, to the book of St. Matthew, uh, the 18th chapter, excuse me, I'm sorry, St. Matthew, the first chapter, the first chapter, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 21. St. Matthew, the first chapter, verses 18 through 21. I'm, I'm reading these scriptures from the New International Version on this morning. This is what it says, beginning at verse number 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged, if you want to say she was engaged, to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Amen. And he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Joseph had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, back in those days, uh, a pledge of marriage and engagement was almost, it was actually the same as at that point as being married, but there was a period of time uh, that had to go by before the husband and wife would come together to consummate the marriage. So, uh, technically speaking, Joseph and Mary were already married by uh, the, the understanding of that day, but they had not come together to, consum to uh, consummate the marriage. And that's why it says here that he, he thought about divorcing her because he actually was married to her at that point. So, so he was a righteous man, and he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, and so he had it in his mind to divorce her quietly. But, but after he thought about these things, after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, 
son of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And just for a very few minutes, I want us to please let us reason together behind this thought. What are you giving the Christ for Christmas? What are you giving the Christ for Christmas? Christmas Day has come and gone, but the Christmas season doesn't end until December 31st. Christmas is different this year because it, it came during a global pandemic. COVID-19 has left millions of people sick and, and some dead and, and out of work. Uh, some with little or no money, out of food, or, or facing evictions from their homes. COVID-19 has also left people out of hope. And yet, even with all this despair, many of us, I dare say most of us, still manage somehow to give Christmas presents to family and friends. As bad as our economy is here in the United States, I, I have to thank Jesus Christ for making it possible to continue our gift-giving tradition. You may not give Jesus the credit or the praise, but that's okay because I'm praising him and I'm, I'm going to praise him for all of us because I know Jesus is the only reason for the Christmas season. And I hope by now you know it too. Jesus is the source of all the resources we use to obtain those Christmas gifts. Not your job, not your bank account, not your credit card, not your endowment. Jesus is the source of all the resources that we use to get those Christmas gifts. Whether you're saved or unsaved, Jesus Christ provides and he supplies all the resources that we need. Saved or unsaved, you don't think about it that way, and that's okay, but the truth is the truth. Jesus is the source. He provides and he supplies all the resources that we need to make it day by day. Some of us think that we are the reason for our success. Amen. And it's easy for us to get puffed up like that. We hear people talk about how hard they worked and how hard they studied and how many times they tried and failed before they became successful. These are the people who, who honestly believe, now they, they really do, they honestly believe it's their own human effort that led to their success. But I want to remind all of us of what Moses told the Israelites in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 18. Moses said this, he said, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Why? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is today. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 applies to all humanity because, Jesus, because of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 applies to all humanity because of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the connection between a holy God and sinful man. Without Jesus the Christ, we are nothing. During this giving season, 
Let us remember and let us appreciate everything that Jesus gives to us. And this is just a short list. This is no, by no means all of it. Well, number one, he gives us these bodies that we live in. Jesus gives us these minds that we use to think and reason, or at least we should be using our minds to think and reason. Jesus gives us the air that we breathe. He gives us the sun and the rain. Jesus gives us the water that we need to live. Jesus gives us our food and our clothes and our shelter in the sense that he makes it possible. Remember now, he is the source of all of our resources. All of these things are practical resources that Jesus the Christ gives to us. Without Jesus Christ, we would have nothing. Not only without him, we are nothing. Without him, we would have nothing. But Jesus also gives us spiritual, what I'm going to call spiritual resources. For example, Jesus gives us peace because he is the prince of peace. All the peace we have in our personal lives or in the world is a resource from Jesus the Christ. Jesus gives us joy. Even now, some of us are living through sickness and some of us are living through depression and some of us are living through loneliness and financial hardships and some of us are grieving the death of family and friends. But the joy of Jesus the Christ can give us an emotional strength to make it during these difficult situations. Amen. That's not all. Jesus gives us his grace and his mercy. Amen. No matter how badly we have messed up in our lives, let me say it again, no matter how badly we have messed up in our lives in sin, let's be clear about it, Jesus can change us and make our lives better. Don't care what you've done. Don't care what you're doing right now. If you're willing to humble yourself before Jesus Christ and give your life to him, he can change us. He can transform us supernaturally and then make our lives better. If we choose to trust him, if we choose to trust him, his grace is sufficient to overcome our feelings of shame, our feelings of guilt, our feelings of depression. When we receive his mercy, Jesus doesn't punish us for our sins as severely as we deserve. That's what his mercy is. When we receive the mercy of Jesus Christ, he deals with us. Now, don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted, as the young folks used to say. Not that Jesus is not going to deal with you for your sins, saved or unsaved, but because he's a merciful God, he chooses not to deal with us, not to punish us as severely as we deserve for our sins. That's why unsaved people can get saved, because Jesus has mercy for them. Amen. All of us, including Christians, commit sins at some point in time. But the Bible tells us that Jesus the Christ has new mercy for all of us every day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name. You have fresh mercy, the Bible says. It falls fresh on this earth realm. Every day that you allow us to live, Jesus has new or fresh mercy for every one of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All of the resources, the spiritual resources, and all the practical resources 
that Jesus has and gives are valuable to us. But Jesus himself is the greatest gift the world has ever received. Let's look quickly at the book of St. Matthew chapter 1. It, be, it begins with uh, the story of the genealogy, the bloodline, and the history of Jesus Christ. Then in verses 18 through 20, we learn that a man named Joseph was engaged to a young woman named Mary. And when Joseph found out that Mary was, and then he found out uh, that during this time that they were engaged, that Mary was pregnant. Joseph had not been intimate with Mary, so he knew that this child was not his. Amen. He, he was thinking about ending the engagement. In fact, when I read it earlier, it says he was thinking about divorcing her because the engagement was actually a marriage at that time. He was thinking about divorcing her, but, but he didn't want to make her a public example. He didn't want to call Mary out and, and shame her publicly. And in the moment that he was thinking about this, God the Father sent an angel to Joseph. God is always on time, y'all. The angel told Joseph to take Mary for his wife because she had conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 21, the angel tells Joseph that the baby will be a boy and his name will be Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Before Jesus was born, his people were only the Jews. Or I'll say it the other way. Before he was born, only the Jews were, the Israelites were his people. After Jesus' birth, anybody, any person who accepts his sovereignty and his authority can become his people. And it happens supernaturally. When you and I humble ourselves and ask Jesus to forgive us for our sins and ask him to be our personal Lord and Savior, then we too become his people. He does it supernaturally. Jesus saves us from our sins, and this is the reason he does it, the main reason he does it. So when we die, we go to heaven and not to hell. Amen. There are many, many benefits to being saved, but the main reason that Jesus saves us from our sins is so that when we die, we can go to heaven and not to hell. Romans 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. To God be all the glory. Again, I say to us that Jesus Christ is the greatest gift in the history of humanity. When we accept Jesus, we can live a more abundant life. So with that in mind, here's the question I have for all of us on this Sunday morning. With everything that Jesus gives to you and to me, what are you giving the Christ for Christmas? Amen. What are you giving back to the Christ for Christmas? And let me be very clear about it. Jesus doesn't need anything from any of us. Amen. Amen, because everything belongs to him. You and I belong to him. Even if you're unsaved, you still belong to him because you're still under his direct authority. So he doesn't need anything from any of us. Every person and everything everywhere are under his direct authority. But Jesus does want something from us. 
Yes, he does. He does want something from us. What does he want? He wants us to choose to love him. Amen. He wants us to choose to trust him. Amen. He wants us to choose to obey him because we, with him we will have a wonderful life. Amen. That's what he wants. He wants us to choose him. We want, we, he, just the same way when we get into relationships with people, you know, you're attracted to this person and you have feelings for him or her and you pray that they have feelings for you. You, you want them to choose you in the same way you chose them. Well, that's what Jesus wants. He wants us to choose to love him, to trust him, and to obey him. And if we do these three things, we can have our best life possible on this side of eternity. I only think it's right that after receiving so much from Jesus, we should give something back to him. So, so I have a very short list of things we can give Jesus the Christ during his season, his season of giving. Now, first, let me share this with the unsaved people. This is only for those of us who are unsaved. We've never asked Jesus to be our personal Lord and Savior. You can give Jesus your life. Amen. You, if you feel moved by the Holy Spirit, stir it up to, to make a change, the first thing that an unsaved person and the most important thing you can give him is your life. Humble yourself before Jesus. Confess your sins. Ask him to forgive you and accept his sovereignty and accept his authority. Trust in Jesus and not in any man, any government, or any organization, including religious organizations. Humble yourself before Jesus, ask for his forgiveness, he'll forgive you, accept his authority, and, and accept his uh, sovereignty, and then trust him. Don't trust another human being. People are trustworthy, but your ultimate trust should always be in Jesus. Don't trust in the government, and I'm not uh, anti-government. I'm saying don't put your confidence in government alone because government is made up of what? Fallen, frail human beings. Your confidence is, should be, and my confidence should always be in Jesus. Don't trust organizations above trusting Jesus Christ, even so-called religious organizations. Now, this is for everybody, those who are saved. And once you, once you become saved, this is what we can give back to Jesus Number one, we can give him our affection. We can obey him. Why is that important? Because Jesus himself said, those who love me keep my commandments. So give him our affection. How do we do that? We obey him. We worship him. That means uh, we reverence him and give him thanks for his grace, his mercy, his provision, his protection. And we praise him. We glorify his, his greatness. So number one, for all who are saved, every Christian everywhere, first thing we can give Jesus back is our affection. That means we obey him, we worship him, and we praise him. Number two, we can give Jesus our time. Psalm 91 tells us that when we dwell uh, in the, the shelter of the Most High God, we will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. We need to spend some time with him. And that doesn't just mean on Sunday morning or, you know, that, that's every day. You can spend some time with Jesus every day. Some people find it works out for them to spend time with him first thing in the morning. 
Some people's later on in the day. Some people's when they, before they go to bed at night. But make it your business during each day to find some period of time that you spend just talking to him or praising him or worshiping him or reading his word or meditating on his word because that's what develops a closeness with him. And let me say this to you. It's not the quantity of time, how much time you spend with Jesus. It's the quality. It's the sincerity and, 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 and your sincere desire for it to be a deep and really meaningful time of, of, of sharing when you spend time with him, whether that be 5, 10, 15 minutes, or whether that be hours of the day. But it's the quality of your time that counts. Here's the third and final thing. Those of us who are Christians, we can give Jesus our talents. They belong to him anyway. We're just using what he gifted us with. But we, we, can, give, we can use our intelligence to help create uh, and devise. Uh, uh, we can solve problems. We can create things to help make this world a better place. We can think of uh, strategies to help spread the gospel around the world. We can give him our intelligence. Uh, we can give him our physical abilities. God has given all of us a, a portion, a reasonable portion of health and strength. And no matter what it is, use what you have to the best of your ability to do something to bless people. Take somebody some food. Give somebody a ride. Go visit somebody. Uh, um, go sit with somebody who may need somebody to just sit with them. Uh, people sometimes just need you to move things for them. Any kind of thing you can do to, for a saved or an unsaved person to glorify Jesus. Use your physical ability also to bless him. And then finally, our finances. So the three, we can give Jesus, uh, we can give back to Jesus our talents through our intelligence, our physical abilities, and our finances. That simply means returning to the Lord what belongs to the Lord when it comes to whatever amount of money you have. It's not yours, it's, it's, it's his. He blesses you with it for your own blessing, yes, for you to live comfortably, absolutely, but he also blesses you with finances to be a blessing to others. As I close, I want to remember this. December 25th only comes one time each year, but we should give our all to Jesus every day. December 25th only comes around one time each year, but we should give our all to Jesus Christ every day. He gave his all to all of us. He's still giving himself and giving his all to us right now. And just in case you don't know, let me remind us of what Jesus the Christ did for all humanity. He wrapped himself in human flesh to take on the sins of the world, to die for our sins, as it says in verse 21. And then he came around walking as he grew out of the babe in the manger into a young boy and then to a young man. He, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. But most importantly, he accomplished his divine mission. When the right time came, he let sinful men, wicked, evil men, uh, bring him in front of Pilate, Pontius Pilate, in his judgment hall, and in front of Herod in his judgment hall. And he suffered false accusations being made against him but he didn't resist. He let sinful men take him outside of the judgment hall and scourge him, beat him almost to death uh, with, with a whip that had uh, rocks and little pieces of metal in it, but he did not resist. He let sinful men make him carry his cross up Golgotha's rugged hill on his way to Calvary, 250, 300 pound cross. He didn't take it all the way by himself, but he was already half dead from the human side of him and yet he didn't resist. When he got to the top of that cross, 
He let sinful men um, take railroad stakes and spikes and stick them in his hands. Some people say his wrist and also in his feet. Thing looks like this. That's what they drove in Jesus' body. He didn't have to go up on that cross, but he did because he was thinking about saving us from our sins, giving his all for you and me. He let evil and sinful men pierce him in his side. Thank God they did because outflowed water, but most of all, his precious blood. What can take away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then Jesus Christ, in his ultimate act of giving, he gave up his life. He didn't die on that cross because he was nailed to that cross. He didn't die on that cross because men had pierced him in his side with a sword. He died on that cross because he said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And he gave up his life for you and for me. Why? To save us from our sins. And not only that, then he allowed them to put him in a borrowed tomb. And he stayed there the rest of Friday and Friday night, Saturday, Saturday midday. Bible says he went down into hell and set the cap, took the keys from the devil and set the captives in hell free. What a merciful God we serve. But then he took his essence back into that borrowed tomb. And early on Sunday morning that we call Easter, Jesus Christ got up with all power entrusted in his hands. That was his reward from his father for being obedient to his mission. What was his mission? To save us from our sins. Jesus has given us his all. He continues to give us his all because men and women, boys and girls everywhere are still freely welcome to come and have their souls saved if you're willing to humble yourself, if you're willing to humble yourself, to respect his sovereignty and his authority. He will be your savior. He will empower you and he will help you live the best life possible, glorifying him, but also helping humanity right here and right now. What are you giving the Christ for Christmas? Think about it. Think about it. We're going to go now and transition right into uh, our communion service um, on this Sunday morning. I pray that the church family of Roanoke-Salem uh, heard the robocall saying that we would, in fact, have communion on this Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. See, that's why you got to have good people with you because they help keep you on track. Before we do go into communion, let me thank you so much, April. Let us uh, go into the prayer of salvation, if you'll just bow your heads with me. Father, if there's someone listening uh, who heard this message on this morning, and they've been moved by the Holy Spirit now to give their lives to you, I ask now that they will repeat this prayer. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are the son of the living God. I believe that you rose from the dead. I ask you now, Jesus, to be my personal Lord and Savior. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, according to the Bible, you are saved. And now you have, uh, you, you, you are eligible to receive and you have available to you all the blessings all the, 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 the grace and mercy uh, of the Bible that Jesus promised each of us, they're all available to you because now you are part of the body of Christ. It's not a strict secret club and it's not an exclusive club. 
because anybody can become part of the body, part of the family of Jesus Christ. Amen. And now we transition into Holy Communion. Uh, I hope that, uh, as I was saying before, that our church family uh, got our robocall saying we would have Holy Communion on this Sunday morning. So right where you are, and if, if, if you don't, it's okay. Take a f just take a couple of minutes. Get yourself a piece of bread, a cracker, whatever you want to use. Get yourself any kind of uh, fruit, you know, preferably, preferably the fruit of the vine. But if you don't have something that grows on the vine, use some orange juice if you got that. Use some apple juice if you got that. It's, 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 the, it's the thought that counts. In other words, it's the fact that you're willing to be obedient unto the word that God will honor. If you don't have fruit of the vine, which most people traditionally think of as being grapes, if you don't have that, that's okay. Just whatever kind of fruit juice you may have available to you, you get that and you bring that and you offer that up unto the Lord for Holy Communion. The Bible tells us that uh, on the next to the last night that he would live on the earth uh, in the form of both man and God, the Bible tells us that Jesus had a supper with um, the 12 disciples before they got to the communion part of, the, of, of this, of the supper that night. Uh, Judas Iscariot got up and went out to betray Jesus, so only the 11 were left. But Jesus was there with the 11 when he um, reminded them again that he was going to be uh, crucified for them. And then the Bible says he took a piece of bread, he blessed it, he prayed over it and blessed it, and then he broke it and handed it to the disciples, asked each of them to take a piece of it. And then once they had taken the piece of that bread, Jesus told them to take this and eat it because this bread represents my body. My body, his body was bruised and battered, wasn't ever broken, but it was bruised and battered uh, for you and me. And then after the bread, uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus had a cup and the cup was full of, again, what we call the, the fruit of the vine. And he took that cup and he blessed it. He did not drink from it himself, but he blessed it. And then he handed it to each of the disciples and told them to drink from the cup. He said, because the cup, the fruit of the vine in that cup represented his blood that was going to be shed for what? For the remission of our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins, fulfilling what was told in Matthew 1 and 21, that was part of his saving us. That was the first, one of the two, three crucial steps in the saving us from our sins. Jesus proclaimed it during the Last Supper. So right where you are, um, I pray that you do have the elements in front of you. I'm going to pray over the elements, and, uh, and then we'll continue on. Father, in your name, in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus, uh, we, we now offer uh, the, the bread and the fruit of the vine, and we lift it up towards you and ask you to uh, consecrate it, Lord, and sanctify it, Lord, so that you'll be glorified in our uh, willingness to be obedient because Jesus told us to engage in Holy Communion often in remembrance of him. Another writer wrote that if we don't, Jesus said, if we don't do this, we don't have any part of him. So, Lord, we certainly want to be obedient because we do have and want to be part of the body of Christ connected to Jesus. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will, and if you're ready, I'm going to ask you to, um, if you will and if you're ready, I'm going to ask you to 
take this bread, whatever type of bread product you have in front of you, and eat it. And I'm going to ask you to take the fruit of the vine or whatever type of uh, juice you have in front of you and drink it. And I ask you to be blessed, know that you are blessed in obedience to the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to give a closing prayer and a benediction, and then uh, the musicians will just play us out until such time as uh, Derek and April decide to end the broadcast. But let me pray and give the benediction, and then the musicians will take us out. Father, again, we thank you that you brought us from the first Sunday in 2020 to the last Sunday in 2020. And throughout all the hardships all the world has faced and the specific particular hardships we faced here in America, we still say thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah to your name. Because, Lord, you've proven several times in a very public way that you are still God and you are in control. Lord, now we put the things of 2020 the negative things behind us and we look forward to the positive things from now to the end of this year and if it be your will into 2021 take the COVID virus out of the world Lord but if you choose not to do it let the vaccines that you have provided man with uh, be distributed swiftly and safely and let it work the way it's supposed to our confidence is not in the vaccine our confidence is in the one who created the vaccine and that's you Lord Jesus you get the glory for that. And then just look forward to a better 2021, knowing, Lord, that you have not left us nor forsaken us, and you're going to help us uh, have even a better year in 2021 than what we've experienced because you love us and you only have and want the best for us. It's in your name we pray. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, ruin, about us, henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Let the church say amen.